Jason. It's good to see you today. Hey, Chris. How you doing? Good. Yeah? Yeah. We're on episode number 17 already. That is so cool, isn't it? That is crazy. This is, fun. This, this is a lot of fun. I hope all you listening who um, you know, have stuck with us through 17 episodes, or maybe you're just joining in, um, I hope you've had as much fun as we have. Yes. Completely agree. Yeah. Yeah, because we have had a lot of fun. That's right. That's so, right. What do we well, talk about today? Well, you know, our, I guess our world's still in toy, turmoil. We're still, it, still trying to figure out this war and, totally is. you know, what our place is in that. But uh, mm-hmm. I also heard that, that Batman came out this weekend. You know, I had heard something about like that. Like the biggest pandemic movie release, aside from uh, second biggest, I'm sorry. I mean, like, I, I think it was Spider-Man blew it out of the water, like doubled oh, the really? box office gains. But uh, I did not yeah, know Batman that. was huge, I guess, this weekend. So oh wow. Um, so what, I'm curious, what kind of movies do you do you lean to? Are you a are you are you a Marvel DC superhero movie guy or? Um, I'm a when I have time, then I think about it kind of guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, is just trying to. You know, I'm actually leaning. I'm at the point this honestly that. When my kids tell me they want to go see something, that's when I go see something. Okay. Because otherwise, I don't really have that much time to think that much about it. So, all right. Uh, well, but I would, I do enjoy them. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. not that, it's not that, I, it's just one of those things that it's hard to find time for. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? I'm, I'm with you. Did on you that. go? I'm with you. No, no, okay. I did not. I'm, we're not, uh, I, we're more the red box Netflix okay. kind of family. Okay. Um, well, you know, it's just hard getting a crew out. Right. Taking the circus to the movies. You know, that's right. uh that's fun. But you know, I always well, love a good I always love a good uh yeah, you know, uh, superhero or fantasy yeah. fiction, you know, something like that. Um those are always good. But I so. do know that you did something fun over the weekend, did you not? Did I? Yeah. Oh yeah. Didn't you? We did, didn't we? Yeah. Like I think I saw you. Yeah, we had the opportunity to go to the Resources of Hope uh, fundraiser. Yes, um, you know, interviewed Renee Fernay, uh, yeah. who's the executive director, a few weeks ago, and that ended up in um, both of our families and a couple others uh, relationships joining at their casino night fundraiser on yes. Saturday night. It was a lot of fun. Barn at Bay Horse Inn. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I had not been to one of those Beautiful. before. Yeah, yeah, me either. It oh. was it was very interesting. Thank you, Ren- kind of a, Renee, for. Yeah. Um, helping us out with that. That was awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. The and food I, was great. The food was great. And Grafton Peak did the catering, and the Co- venue was beautiful. Yeah. And, um, all the good people. Saw a lot of some friends there. Yeah. And so it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, and then you get free money to to go play blackjack. and I know. <laughs> you know, poker like, like with it, or whatever. It and didn't then, actually come out of my pocket. I didn't have to go. Oh, that's going to hurt. I know. <laughs> and then you turn it in for tickets for free raffles, and yeah. uh, and we didn't win anything. But that's okay. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. We had, we had a lot, lot of fun. fun. It was fun hanging so. out. So, But, yeah, um, you know, now that we've finished up our, you know, our talk through the five voices mm-hmm. on each of those, um, I wanted to just kind of circle our way back to some of our earlier episodes mm-hmm. where we talked um, particularly about the, the 70-30 tool. Um, and the peace index, Mm -hmm. um, that those are both tools, um, in those early episodes, I think where they're within the first two or three episodes that we talked about those, um, you know, with those tools, we use those to kind of help gauge our health, Mm -hmm. um, understanding how am I feeling? Where am I at today? What is potentially contributing to, to unhealth in my life? Mm -hmm. And, the five voices help us understand that so much better. Yeah. That our 70%, um, if we remember that tool, um, 
that you should be spending 70% of the, your time in the things that, that give you life. Mm-hmm. That renew you. That yeah, I spent energy on this, but man, that was fun. I enjoyed that. I'm ready to do that again, even though I'm tired and I need to recover. Man, I want to do that again. Mm-hmm. And then the thirty percent are the side of things that, you know, they're they're competencies that we've learned in life. We figured out how to do them, but man, when we're done, like you know, I'm. I've learned to file taxes on my own. Yes, you know I don't. I don't use a service. I don't that, enjoy that. That may change down the road. Um, I use a service, and I still don't enjoy it. <laughs> right, right. And you know, and so it's something that we I do once a year, and I'm like, oh, this is horrible. I got it. I get it figured out. Right. You know, no problems. But so that fits in the thirty percent for me. Mm-hmm. But that seventy percent are the things that that just really give you life. And so the more you understand your five voices, mm-hmm. understand where you're at. Um, you know, for example, not, and I'm not picking on anybody, but you no. know, guardian is my fifth voice, right? And so things that are guardian esque in mm-hmm. in its in its expression, kind of, they they drain me, right? You know, and so long lists of of due diligence, things that I got to get done, I I don't enjoy it. Yep, I know that feeling. <laughs> you know, but in the same way, a lot of the things that you know, I'm a creative first voice, mm-hmm. so getting getting away for some quiet space to to dream and contemplate and and look forward down the line of of you know what's coming and what do we need to be aware of mm-hmm. that would probably drive a guardian nuts right you know right you know it's you know we There's each that. have our own strengths we each right. have our own weaknesses and if we are trying to lean into those you know the fourth and fifth voices, the ones that are harder for us to access, things that just don't come natural to us, mm-hmm. and we spend too much time in that thirty percent. Yep. You know, if we're if we're more fifty fifty, or you know, or we're thirty seventy, the opposite right. direction. You know, we're we're pushing toward unhealth. We're pushing toward burnout. We're pushing toward frustration, and we're going to end up, you know, lashing out in different ways that that we really don't want to. Right, and our leadership goes down. That we are no longer pouring into others. We're just trying to survival of the fittest. Just trying uh, to make yeah. it to the next day. And so, the more we learn about ourselves, the more we know ourselves, we're able to lead ourselves better, mm-hmm. and we're able to create better health in our lives. The better we understand. All right. If that, that makes sense. That's great. You know, right. um, and it totally makes sense that for the guardian, I'm sure the lists are empowering. Are are giving or part of that seventy percent that make mm-hmm. them feel like they're productive and they're they're doing what they want to do. Right for us, it sucks the life out of us, right? Right. So right. it's just like there's there's that. So when trying to understand somebody, when I'm working with a guardian, yep, God love her. <laughs> yeah, she's great. <laughs> she's great. Yeah, and, but I it makes better sense to why she's so list mm-hmm. driven because that's that's part of the um, the life giving process for her. It's not so much for me. So we have to find that nice balance. Right, right. Yeah, I was talking with a, a pioneer last week, mm-hmm. um, someone who um, you know, has spent a lot of years um, in his career, in his life, um, just pouring into, pouring into others. Mm-hmm. But he's a pioneer. Pioneers are about how do I how am I going to advance the ball down the court? Right. And you know, and, and he, he's like, this is a skill that I've learned. I was like, but you do it so well. I I watch you in relationships. You're taking care of people. You're you're nurturing, and nurturer is his fifth voice. Oh my goodness, are you serious? Yeah, and wow. I'm and I'm just sitting there going, man, you're you're doing well. I don't you you're so present with people, and he's like, I do my best. <laughs> really, <laughs> you know that you know a pioneer is still sitting there checking the watch, going, okay, 
when I, right. I, I got things to do. I want to get some. I want to. I want. I want to win in life. And and right. you know, I, I like what you're saying, but let's move on. And you hmm. know, and so we we talked about that. You know that skill, that developed skill of being present with people, mm. even though you're thinking in the future and what, what you want to get done. Right. And so, you know, learning that health of all right, I need to I need to spend seventy percent of my time in the things that that fuel me, mm-hmm. and I need to be careful and guard that other side. They're they're necessary. I got to do them. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe we get a chance in life to get to that eighty twenty or ninety ten where we're really you know, able to specialize more in what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always going to be a, a component to that. And it's going to shift day by day, week by right, week, things right. like that. So um, just want to just hope that you and others feel empowered to look at these five voices yeah. and see where we are, um, you know, promoting health or unhealth in our yeah. lives. Thanks to you, it's been quite a topic and a conversation at our house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, it's it, like one of those things, as soon as you see it, it's hard to unsee. Yes, you know? <laughs> exactly. And it, especially when you put me out on a podcast and like make me do it. Then yeah. It, then everybody else knows too. And so I've had That's right. good conversation. But That's it's right. not a bad thing. It's been fun. It's That's been good. Fun. That's so. good. So, well, we've got an interview coming up. Do you want to we tell do. us about our... Uh, Mr. Jerry Cox. He um, He's a teacher, just like um, another podcast person we had on. Um, but he has also um, owned his own business mm-hmm. um, and has done teaching for a long time. I think he's somewhere around the 40-year range mm-hmm. and um, had his own business for 35 years. So um, he's... So he's not 90 years old where he did one and then went to the no, other. No, he, he balanced these on top each Simultaneously, other. yes. Yeah. So it was, um, and it has been, um, uh, Jerry and I have gotten to talk quite a bit. And so, he, you know, I know that he's carried other um, leadership roles as well mm-hmm. in the nonprofit world as well. So it's just, um, he has carried many hats and done a lot of leading and a lot of serving. That's cool. So I am super looking forward to this pod, to am, this podcast as well as this conversation with him. I'm looking um, forward to this. This so will be good. Let's let's bring him on. All right. We'll see you back in just a moment. All right, Jason. Well, today we have a special guest, and I want to introduce you to Mr. Jerry Cox. Thank you, Jerry, for joining us today. Um, it's thanks for taking the time and spending time with us. And, uh, I know you, you have some great wisdom and I'm looking forward to tap into that. So let's chat about your life. Where did, where did you grow up and where are you from? Um, I grew up in the Indianapolis area. I was actually born in Illinois while my parents were students at Olivet Nazarene University. And, uh, then we grew up in the Indianapolis area and east of Indianapolis for a while. Uh, graduated from high school in Indianapolis Public Schools at Arlington, and then uh, went on to uh, Olivet Nazarene University for my undergraduate work, and that's in Kankakee, Illinois. And that's um, where I felt uh, the leadership and the direction to go into education. My dad was in education. He was a school principal, an elementary school principal, and an incredible mentor in my life. But he never, ever once directed me to go into a direction that he wanted me to go. It was always, you know, Jerry, God will direct you, and then whatever you do, do the best at it. Uh-huh. Be the best. Um, he had a motto on his desk that he, I later was able to get, and it was a brass plate, and it said, anything worth doing is worth doing well. Mm-hmm. Not perfect, but well. Some things have to be done perfect, but most things in life, if you do your best and do it well, it's right. So 
I went into education. That's where I met Donna, my wife. And um, we came back to Indianapolis, and I got my first teaching job in Indianapolis Public Schools, taught there for 10 years. And what what, what did you start out with? What, what, what grade level? I was in uh, sixth grade. Okay. Yeah, sixth grade. And at that time, um, we, were, we pretty much were... Um, had every subject, and then we broke it down into departmentalization later, and my focus was mostly social studies. And were you what school? I was at uh, Indianapolis Public School 53, 53. which okay. has now been closed. It was J.K. Lilly uh, Senior School, I believe it was, Senior. And um, it, was a, it was a great time. I enjoyed building relationships with my students. Um, I quickly figured out that I couldn't really get much accomplished with their minds if I didn't have their heart. Mm-hmm. And so uh, building those relationships was amazing. And we had a lot of different things that we did, uh, taking the kids to environmental education camp. IPS had a great program, and we would take these not inner-city kids, but kids that really had not been out of Indianapolis very much, mm-hmm. and we would put them on a bus with their sleeping bag and their clothes in, in a little suitcase or in a grocery sack or a trash bag and take them down to Bradford Woods near Martinsville for a week during the school year. Really? And Hmm. it was amazing. I mean, we built so many relationships with the kids. And um, some of those kids I'm still in contact with once in a while, and that's been 40, 45 years. I mean, I started teaching in 70, so, uh, and I retired in 2011. So uh, those kids are up in years now, but it's fun to me that once in a while one of them sends me a, a text or an email and, uh, I've gotten together with coffee with some of them for a few times, and it's just a it's just an awesome experience. And it's all about building relationships. So then, after the ten years in IPS, we went through all the deseg stuff and the federal desegregation order. My school was closed, and at that point, we had a uh, thousand students, and um, nine hundred and ninety some of them were uh, African American students, black students, and they were all sent to the township schools. And it was an interesting time because they were scared to death of what they were getting into hmm. and how they yeah. were going to be accepted and, and so forth. So um, what, did, what did that look like from a teacher's perspective? How, how was, like, or were they, a, like, how did, how did you mentor them through that process? Well, we had a lot of discussions. I mean, it was, uh, we were a neighborhood school, Chris, and most of the kids um, walked to school. The only yeah. kids that didn't walk were a couple bus loads that lived south of 38th Street, and it was a four-lane street, and they couldn't cross. And so they rode a bus. But the rest of our kids walked to school, some of them seven, eight, nine-tenths of a mile, maybe a mile to walk to school every day. Mm-hmm. And, and th- their, their biggest fear was, you know, Mr. Cox, what's going to happen to me? Um, when I get sick at school here, they, the nurse calls my mom, and she comes and gets me, or she walks and comes and gets me. But what's going to happen out there? Because Mama doesn't have a car, right. and there's no buses go out there. So right. what's going? You know, and it was just, it was a mentoring thing, trying to trying to calm them and get them to be able to accept it. And then the interesting part of it was, um, my school was closed because they moved all those kids to the townships, and so then I was picked up by uh, Warren Township to move to my teaching career to Warren Township. Mm-hmm. And so I actually, I didn't have any of my former students, but I had students in my classroom at Eastridge who were bussed into uh, Warren Township hmm. because of the DSEG order. And so then it became a different kind of thing is working with the kids in Warren for acceptance and sometimes working with some of the teachers and helping them understand 
you know, how these kids were feeling. So I could see it from both sides of the, mm. of the coin. So I did that for 42 years. I taught wow. for 42 years, and I loved every minute of it. I just, I, I still miss the kids. I don't miss all the, some of the other craziness. Right. And I can't imagine what it would be like <laughs> to be in the classroom now dealing with everything that's going on mm -hmm. uh, socially and politically. But um, there's times I wish I were. Yeah. So you went through some a lot of transitions, and then also in the midst of all that of your your career, you also started a, another business um, during I did. during the summer times. Mm -hmm. um, most, <laughs> well, I would say most, a lot of teachers um, do something for a second income in the summertime because we had the time. Mm -hmm. And back then, year-round school wasn't a wasn't even thought about. So we right. had like 13 weeks in the summer. So one of the guys that I taught with, we developed a really good friendship and played a lot of basketball and sports together. And, and uh, our second year, we were sitting at lunch one day and said, you know, what are we, what are we going to, we need to do something together this summer. So I had, I had done a little bit of painting for a contractor while I was in college in the summertime. And so Bob said, well, you know, let's paint. And well, we did it because first of all, you, you don't have to have a lot of equipment. And um, so that's what we did. And one of my dad's uh, <laughs> custodians had this old beater Chevy pickup truck, which now probably would be worth lots of money, but it wasn't <laughs> then. And so he sold it to us for a dollar. Oh, wow. And um, awesome. we brought it home and put it in my driveway. And we uh, went to the paint store and we bought a gallon of uh, Battleship Gray paint. And we... Uh, painted that truck with a four-inch brush mm. so that we would look somewhat, you know, have some kind of a presence when we drove into a neighborhood <laughs> that wasn't rusty. And <laughs> it was pretty hilarious. So anyway, Bob and I painted together for uh, 35 years, and he's, mm. still, he's still working at it. But oh, wow. uh, I kind of got out of it when I, when I retired. I helped him out some. And I did it for a while after I retired from teaching, but... And I still go back and help him once in a while now. But uh, we developed our com company. It was just Bob and me the first time. And I, we, we talk and laugh about some of the first jobs we did and some of the crazy things we worked our way through and not knowing what to do and just did it the best we could and knowing that we were making huge mistakes now that we look back. But anyway, um, we developed our company and hired uh, other teachers, uh -huh. a couple high school or college students, um, and then eventually Bob's, Bob's kids began to work with us, and now he's got a grandson that works with him some. But uh, our whole philosophy of business was to do it right the first time. And we always encouraged the guys, it doesn't matter if you're up on a roof and you're painting the backside of a chimney, do it right. So that the next person that comes, if it's not us, and a lot of our business was built on callbacks to re repaints after we'd let them sit there for a few years. But we always told the guys, when you're behind that chimney, you paint it like there's going to be somebody coming behind you that we don't know. And when they do it, they're going to get up there and go, wow, I don't know who painted this the last time, but they did it right. Uh -huh. And that was kind of the philosophy we did it. And uh, customer service was, was huge, and uh, that's how we built our business. We never advertised once. Uh, we never went a day without work when we wanted it and uh, grew our company to where we could split up crews and, you know, it was it was a good good run. And when you, you so you and you and started, you it was just you and Bob. And then mm -hmm. when, at the peak, when, when how many people do you think that you had employed with you? We had, uh, I think, the largest crew we ran was eight, hmm. um, and we ended up where we, you know, we got away from the old gray pickup truck and 
you know, got a van and all that kind of stuff upgrade. and expanded our equipment. Uh, and one of the one of the fun memories that I had was after my dad retired from teaching, uh, he said, Jerry, he said, um, I really want something to do. He said, could I come and work with you? And so that was really cool. My, my grandfather, my dad's dad, was was a house painter, and he painted tons of houses in Irvington with old round rung wooden ladders, wooden extension ladders mm, with yep. lead lead in the paint. They would put lead in the paint and stir it up, you know, all that <laughs> kind of stuff. And Dad worked with him, and uh, I always liked going in my grandpa's garage when I was little and smelling all that turpentine and gasoline and stuff. Then he'd roll these brushes in newspaper and put strings around them and keep them that way and keep them nice and neat. But anyway, um, so dad worked with us for several years and that was a lot of fun. And, uh, he was a good influence on all of us and, um, a great, um, a great mentor to some of the guys on our crew. So that's awesome. That's cool. You mentioned some of the crazy times in business that, uh, you just didn't know how you were going to navigate through some of those. What was uh, one of the crazy stories that really just kind of caught you guys, maybe unaware, and it really kind of challenged your thinking and coming up with solutions? Well, I don't know that they would really be considered um, business problems as they were procedure problems. Mm. Um, <clears throat> we did a lot of work in um, in the old north side area of Indianapolis, downtown 13th and Delaware and the 14th and Alabama, those big, mm-hmm. huge monster houses that were being restored. And it was kind of typical for us to get into a neighborhood and sometimes been two or three weeks there, maybe a month, because we would just, somebody would see our work, they would watch us, mm-hmm. they'd come over and talk to us, and so anyway, we got into the old north side, and we started doing a lot of, a lot of those homes, and they were, they were challenging, I mean, you know, they were, they were huge, Yeah. and uh, we had one place in the, I could take you to and show you, we were working, had our truck parked in the alley, and the van was in the alley, and we had, we rented a 40-foot ladder, uh, and that was on top of the truck. And then that was leaning, extended all the way, leaning up as high as it would go. And then I was inside uh, reaching out a window and wrapped around one of the guy's legs while he was painting up above his head, that kind of stuff. So we had to, you know, sometimes work through logistics stuff. But, you know, the, the whole time that Bob and I worked together, we really, I mean, I, it's hard to believe, but we really never had any major disagreements. We didn't have any arguments. Um, I guess that was a blessing, but maybe it was our personalities. But I mean, we didn't always agree, mm-hmm. but right. we were able to talk about it. Um, one of the things we made sure of is that we never talked about our disagreements on how something was going to be done or what we were going to do. We never talked about that in front of our employees. Mm-hmm. It was just us. And um, it, it worked. I mean, it, it it really did. And, and uh, how many times did, I mean, I know you said that some of your workers came during just the summer times. So how many times did your guys keep coming back? Oh, like, my goodness, Chris. We had um, Bruce worked for us for um, probably uh, 30 of those 35 years. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he, it, was, it was cool. And uh, he was an art teacher and uh, brought a real skill set to us. Uh, nobody else liked to do windows with all the little pains, and Bruce thought that was just, that was a gift, man. He loved the day he got to do that, so <laughs> Bruce was our window guy. But, um, yeah, no, we had awesome. we had almost all of our guys returned every year, um, and they did it for years and years and years. You know, it was kind of, and, and the funny thing was is that a lot of us would not see each other at all if it wasn't like we were um, 
fellowship buddies or anything, mm-hmm. and we, we didn't do, do things too much during the year, once in a while, but not a lot. But then when it came time to paint, you know, we'd, they'd either call us or we'd call them and say, yeah, when are we starting? And right. we'd get out of school at noon on Friday usually, and in the afternoon we'd start the first job. So, Oh, wow. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, yeah. I, I got some advice recently of never hire friends and family. But it sounds like you guys it worked <laughs> thrived on that. So yeah. what, what do you think is the difference there? Why did it work for you guys? I don't know, Jason. I, I, I suppose part of it was um, we totally respected or tried to respect the guys that worked with us. Um, we valued their opinion. It wasn't just us ramming things down their throats. Now, there were certain things, that ways that we did things that, yeah, this is the way you're going to do it because you're working for Topeco, Teachers Paint Company. And um, we had we had one of our guys that, you know, we tried to tell him, okay, this is the way you do a window. Well, I tried that, and it didn't work. And I said, well, <laughs> I'm sorry, but this is the way we do a window. Right. And we worked with him for a while, and eventually we had to say, look, man, this 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 just isn't working. I'm sorry. Uh, we'd like to be able to help you out and give you something to do and provide you some money, but mm-hmm. our company has a reputation, and um, it's very important to us. And so if you can't do it the way we want you to, then we're going to have to say goodbye and part ways, wish you well. And, and we did, but that that's the only instance – one of the, the only couple instances that we had to do that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. What's one of the biggest challenges that you guys have had to overcome, whether that um, is going into the education world or, or the business? Um, what's one of the biggest challenges you feel like you've had to overcome in life? Um, probably balancing my time hmm. with work and family because uh, we were also very involved in church, and um, I had some pretty big responsibilities working with uh, uh, the sound system at our church and reinforcement and services and weddings and funerals and whatever, 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 whatever. And then we installed a new system, and that took weeks of our our time. And looking back, um, probably if I had it all to do again, I would leave more time for my family. Uh, That's... Because because just because school started on September 7th or whatever day it was at that time, uh, our painting didn't stop. Bob and I would go, because we taught in the same building, you know, we'd jump in the truck and the way we'd go as soon as school was out. And right. we would work right. until dark. Um, we'd work a lot of Saturdays. And so we put a lot of time into it. And there were times we were, in November, we were still down in, Lockerbie painting houses on the outside and the snow was getting ready to fall. I mean, we had a job we had to get finished up because like any, like any, uh, thing in when you're self-employed, I mean, you, you don't want to turn down a job because you don't know when the next one's going to come. And we always had our calendar booked up. Usually by the time school ended in the year, we were already booked up into August and that worked fine. But then you're thinking, well, but, but what about next year? And so, you know, you, you always got that hanging out there, that little fear that, well, we're, who's going to be the first person to call us kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I guess the balancing of my time would be the biggest part of it. Huh. That's cool because, you know, part of our culture today is talking about the digital world. It's always on, you know, the text, the emails, everything. Every, you know, your phone just keeps bleeping at you. And, um, you know, that's one of the biggest challenges of today. Mm-hmm. Of how do I find that work-life balance? How do I turn it off? 
um, it's not a new problem. Right. It's something that, you know, just our condition, we want to we want to overinvest in ways and we shortchange our family most of Well, often. and it can it can happen through your work, it can happen through your recreation. Mm-hmm. Um, what you choose to do as your as my personal recreation time and how does yeah. that impact my family? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's <laughs> It's one of the reasons why I, I guess I never chose to get involved in playing golf. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with golf. And, right. I, and now we live on a golf course. Uh, I can sit in, in our atrium and look out at people going by my house 30 feet away, 40 feet away on a golf cart, and I kind of wish I was a golfer now that I'm retired. Right. But I never chose to get into that because I was teaching, I was painting, I was doing responsibilities at church. Donna was doing the same thing, except she was replacing painting with taking care of the kids, mm-hmm. and I never felt like, okay, I could say, hey, babe, I'm, I'm going out with the guys and play around to golf. I'll see you in four hours on Saturday right. morning because, you know, what? how's that well, fair? So, lucky if it's just four hours. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it wouldn't have been for me at the start. Maybe not now. But anyway, yeah, I, so I never chose to get into that. I, but again, it goes back to that time management thing. You know, I, I would never have spent as much time involved in the sound business and the sound ministry at our church looking back because I know that I missed a lot with Chris, with Chris, with Kristen and Kevin growing up. I mean, mm-hmm. um, but I can't go back and get it now. So, yeah, yeah. And one of the things, you know, before we hit record, we were talking about the purpose of the podcast is about how we how we lead others by serving them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you talked about how, especially you and, and Donna, since you got married and even even before then, but um, you guys have focused your life around serving others. Right. Um, tell us a little bit about that journey and how that was woven into uh, even your marriage from day one. Okay. Um, I grew up with um, very, 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 very incredible um, servant parents. And and um, it was it was amazing to watch them um, to work in their in dad's business in the school. Um, Mom supported him. She was a homemaker, but incredibly supportive of everything that he did. Um, and then uh, involved in the in their church. And so I, I had a I had a model that was out there in front of me, as did Donna with her family. And so um, when we got married, we chose. Uh, to have sung at our wedding the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi, Lord, make me an instrument, and make me an instrument of peace and hope and and love and, you know, all those kinds of things. And there's a whole bunch of negatives. And then if you're serving like you want to be serving and like you should be serving, you're doing the antithesis of all those negative things right. that are in that prayer. So that's woven through our whole, our whole lives. And... Um, we have had so many opportunities to to serve. Um, our son has had some very very serious medical situations since he was uh, in kindergarten, and so we have spent a lot of time at Riley Hospital, mm-hmm. and um, we have had an opportunity, or we did have an opportunity then to to kind of mentor parents of other kids that were in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, Donna developed a 
a pretty amazing system of keeping track of the massive amount of medical bills that we got and all the paperwork. And she was so organized. She would go in and talk to the finance department at IU and kind of straighten them out on some things. And they were kind of <laughs> amazed at what how detailed she was with it. And so she was able to, you know, in her way, mentor some parents and show them how to set some of this stuff up. So that was mm -hmm. kind of cool. And that started on, you know, early in our ministry or in our life together which has been a ministry. Um, we've had an opportunity to, to go to uh, three mission fields, to Haiti and to uh, South Africa, and our furthest one away, and the one that was the most work probably for us was a trip to uh, Papua New Guinea and um, helping to coordinate a group of about 23 people and building an addition onto a hospital at Kujip in Papua New Guinea. So that, that's been a real a ministry focus for us. And, and servant focus, and that's, uh, it, it all kind of, it's amazing to how all this stuff comes back around, um, and um, without going into lots of detail, our pastor this just finished a series on words, thoughts, and actions, and he said, you know, the first things you do is you, you, I want you to choose a word for this year, choose a word that will define your life this year, and um, so I, I didn't know what kind of, you know, I thought of a lot of things available and, you know, lots of things. But I ended up with the word bless. And so then it was like, okay, so what does that mean? What's my thought? And my thought ended up being for the next week was, okay, in everything I'm doing, try to figure out how to be a blessing to somebody else, not just about me. Mm-hmm. And then the next one was action, and so then the action part of it was, okay, so now get specific. What are you going to do to do those things? And then you find a scripture, and I pick Philippians 2.13. But anyway, when I look back at it, I go, okay, wow. Okay, it's now 2000, this is, man, 50 years later after we got married, 51 in May, and, or June. <laughs> June 19th. I hope Donna doesn't listen to this. But anyway. Um, we can edit it out yeah, if we have to. Please fix that part of it. <laughs> 51 years later, that servant thing is still going on. And it's because of mentoring that I had or that we had way, 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 way back. And, you know, if you just kind of live that life of, I mean, we haven't lacked for anything. Uh, I mean, the blessings we have received back, but, the, you know, I think. That the scripture says, you know, when Philippians two thirteen basically says, "Hey, do what's pleasing to God, because God wants you to be able to bless. He wants to work through you to do what He wants you to do, which is blessing other people." Mm -hmm. And there we are. Yeah. So. Well, Jerry, mm -hmm. after fifty one years of marriage, yeah. After, you know, uh, how many years was it in the school system? Forty uh, two. Forty two. Yeah. Desegregation, painting business. There are a lot of guys out there who would check out and say, I'm done. Yeah. I'm retired. Right. I'm but, just going to veg the rest of my life. But there is something that's keeping you sharp. What what keeps you on the edge of your seat each day? Um, <laughs> well, my wife would like for me to probably include uh, my vitamins and food supplements that I well, take. She used to sell years and years ago. But anyway, right, right. Yeah, but anyway no. Um, I think it all goes back to that passion, Jason, of, of, of the what can I do to make somebody's life better today mm -hmm. um, because that then returns back to me and gives me the energy to do what I want to do. 
I mean, it's, it, and I don't know, I just, I guess it sounds kind of hokey, but I mean, I, I'm Not busier now than I was when I was teaching. I mean, my, in my teaching career, I was very, very, it was very regimented. For 20 years, mm-hmm. uh, 15 of those teaching years, we lived in Brown County and commuted an hour each way to Warren Township schools. And so we would get up in the dark, and especially in the wintertime, and drive an hour, get to school, do our thing, come home. It would be dark, and, you know, it was couldn't work outside, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, we, we stayed super busy, but everything was regimented because we had so much to do, and we had this hour travel time one way and then one way back. We had to figure out how to put compartmentalize everything, and there weren't very many things that could invade that. Yeah, that compartmentalization. Mm-hmm. Well, then the minute I retired, um, I mean, we lived in Brown County. We had 20 acres in the woods, and we had four-wheelers and trails, and, you know, it was a blast. I mean, we had a blast living down there and lots of land to take care of and flowers and so forth and so on. But um, I say all that to say even though we had all that and everybody else knew I was retired, so then – that gave them an opportunity to call and say, hey, can you help do this? Can you help do this? Right. And, and we got more involved, and I got more involved with my painting, uh, doing stuff at our church. And, you know, it's killing me right now. I've got some shoulder issues going on, and they've said no more painting for a while. And so <laughs> the rooms at church are stacking up, and friends are stacking up in the order of, you know, I've got a friend in Iowa that needs me to come back out there and do some work. And well, I've been to Colorado and helping family out there to paint and stuff. So it's just... I don't know. It's it's a blast. I mean, it keeps me going, I guess. And mm-hmm. I'll be seventy four in June, and uh, hopefully, I can do it for a long time. I was hoping you were going to go that route because I've got a theory that the more you internalize when you get older, retire, um, the less the less sharp you stay, and the more oh, yeah, you, the sure. more you're looking outward, the more you're pouring into people. Yeah, I, I love that. That's beautiful. So. The home we live in now doesn't require near as much uh, maintenance, which is one of the reasons we moved back up here. Um, but, you know, I still miss the woods part of it and to being outdoors. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just I kind of turned that time available around to doing stuff for other people. And yeah, and it's a, it's a it's a privilege to be blessed so that I can do those things and not say, hey, I got to have this much money for it. It's just like, hey, you pay for the materials and I'll come and take care of the of the. Right, you know the work part of it. So. That's cool. So, you have touched on so many different um, leadership positions and things that you have done over the years, and have been so so um, strongly a part of. And my question to you is, how do we wrap this up? If you had to give a tidbit to somebody that's listening right now, what would be the piece of advice that you would want to give them? That something that you've gotten in the past or something that you would encourage others with? That would have been a good one to write down and send me so I could be thinking about it. Um, <laughs> well, and I, 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 I think you've already touched on a lot of great options, so I think you can go back and review them. Okay. But well, I think, I think um, number one, you can't be everything f- for everybody. Um, you can try to, but when you do that, I would be I would get find myself being incredibly frustrated that I could not do what I felt like I should do. And then I had a friend uh, who is now in his 90s tell me years ago he said, "Jerry, go with your oughts." 
I kind of looked at him. I was like, what are you talking about, Phil? He said, go with your oughts. Go with what you feel like you ought to do. Because those oughts, those thoughts, are God-driven. So when you do what you feel like you ought to do, usually you can get it done in proper timing, in the proper way, and then move on to the next ought. Mm-hmm. Rather than just saying, yeah, you need help, you need it. And then you end up being frustrated and worn out and exhausted and so right. forth. So yeah. I guess, I don't know. No, that's Does a that good. Do it for that you? was solid, yeah. That was solid. Cause, <laughs> that was really good. I mean, I don't know how many leaders I talk to, and I'm sure that you guys both can say this, but you, there's a lot of leaders out there that are sh- that are not doing their oughts and are sitting very frustrated well, because yeah, they're I mean, just you, not you just, getting stuff done. You get so burned out. And, right. you know, and then you... And I hate saying no to people. I mean, right. this shoulder thing's caused me to say no more in the last six months than I've ever said in my life, I think. But, um, you know, and you get into some of those things, and it's like, what have I just agreed to do? When we took the trip to Papua New Guinea, um, I mean, I was teaching, I was painting, and I was raising a fa- helping to raise a family, and... Our pastor comes to me and says, Jerry, we need to take a trip to Papua New Guinea, and I want you to be in charge of it. And it was like, whoa, I don't think so. <laughs> but I felt like I ought to do it, and so yeah. I did. And then it just started falling together. I mean, the team fell together, all the people we needed, the jobs that we had to do when we got there. We had a person. When we got to Papua New Guinea, well, we knew it before we left, but we didn't have one skill set lacking when we got to the field. I mean, it was crazy. We didn't have one issue all the way over there, all the way back, except for one doctor that went with us that thought he had to buy a souvenir every time the plane stopped for his family, and so I had to run him down all the time. But when he got there, then he was working in the hospital, and it all worked well. But he was my frustrating little thorn in my flesh. But um, it was just a, you know, it was an awesome experience. And Mom and Dad went with us, and uh, since that time, Kristen, our daughter, has been able to go over there and practice uh, and uh, it's it's been cool. That's, That's awesome. awesome. That's awesome. Well, Jerry, I want to say thank you for, um, you know, there's a lot of people who are leaders that you have to follow, and you're clearly one of those guys uh, in our world, in our lives, that is a person who is worth following. Well, and thank you. so you were... Uh, Appreciate it. I am so glad that you've been a part of this podcast today. Yes. So I'm guessing, I mean, there might be a former student who uh, has listened to this interview and is wondering, man, I'd love to send uh, send Jerry cool. a note or something. How would how would they find you? Not that you know, not that we're looking for you know painting jobs, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if there's somebody out there going, man, you've uh, you've really touched our lives. Where would they look for you? You on social media? Or you know what? what I'm what not. Would be the best way to track. I you don't down? do Facebook. Uh, I, I chosen not to do that, and that we're, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I just chosen not to. Um, I mean, I could yeah, give him my phone number. I was going to say, you can put your email or phone number on it, either one. Uh, my cell phone's 317-694-8045, and uh, my email is, uh, uh, it's kind of long, coxridgerunner6426 at gmail.com, and coxridgerunner is C-O-X-R-D-G-R-N-R. 6426 at gmail.com. And what schools exactly were you teaching at? Um, I was at uh, School 53 in IPS, mm-hmm. yep. and IPS doesn't use numbers anymore. They go more by the names. And then um, I taught at Eastridge Elementary in Warren Township. 
Uh, and then when they moved the sixth grade to the middle schools or to the junior highs and created these middle schools, then I went to Stony Brook. Okay. And I retired from Stony Brook. Um, I've stayed the closest probably, I would guess, to the kids from 53, which were my first 10 years of teaching. And I think it was because at that time, <clears throat> excuse me, we had so much more time in the classroom to build relationships. And we had those camping experiences. Yeah. I mean, I had a, um, I don't know how much time we've got, and I'll just go real quickly, but I had an experience several years ago after I was at Stony Brook, and um, a group of those kids from IPS got a hold of Donna and said, we want to... Uh, we want to honor Mr. Cox for the impact, and we don't want to do it after he's dead laying in a casket. And so they planned an event with Donna and Donna's help and my principal's help, and I showed up at school. Donna and I were teaching in the same building, and I walked into my classroom. She said, Jerry, i got to be there early today. And I said, okay, no biggie. So I walk in my classroom, and there's about 20 of my kids from uh, 53 that were pretty much in one class. And they had gotten a proclamation from the mayor, and they had all this stuff. And one, of, and this was these kids were forty years old, and I'd had them when they were twelve. And um, we had, I had notes from kids in California. Uh, I mean, they weren't just from in, that didn't just live in Indianapolis now. But right. it was such a blessing. To, and those kids, and we we laughed, we sang camp songs. One of the kids had his little wood name badge that we had for all of them that he had kept that. And it, and it was all because we build relationships, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, you never know the impact. I mean, whether you're in painting or whether you're teaching or whether you're in construction or in office work or whatever. You just never know the impact you're going to have with people you cross. And, um, you know, do something to make a difference in somebody's life. Mm -hmm. And awesome. always look for some way to do that without looking for anything to come back to you. Because mm. it will come back to you. You'll get yeah. it. Multiple, yeah. Multiply it many times over. But live a life of service. Be a blessing. That's awesome. That's a That's great cool. wrap up. That is. That is. <laughs> Jerry, thank you again. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you again. Thank you. It's been a privilege. Well, Jason, uh, I got to tell you, today was a very interesting day. I know Jerry and his heart and the impact that he has made over so many people's lives over the years yeah. is just amazing. And I'm so glad that he's felt comfortable enough to come sit down with us to chat with us about um, um, the things that he has done. And um, the crazy part is, is I'm sure that for the time we spent with him, it was just a tip of the iceberg. Oh, man. Yeah, I feel like... There's so um, many people in those years and time yeah. that he has touched. I mean, I have to admit, I did not know Jerry prior to this. Mm -hmm. um, I knew tidbits, and I kind of knew the arc of where we were going, but um, I was blown away. And mm -hmm. you know, we're I'm watching the timer on the on the interview, going, "We kind of need to wrap this up, or we could go double, right? <laughs> you know, we could do." Um, I was yeah. just I was just blown away by um, the fact that. Here is a guy who is just absolutely genuine and authentic mm -hmm. in in who he is and what he does, yeah. And how that has bled over into every relationship, whether that's 
um, you know, teaching, whether it's leading a paint crew, whether it's leading his family. Right. Um, I mean, just the the overflow of I I want to live my life for the benefit of others, mm-hmm. which is the heart of what we're talking about. That's exactly on this right. podcast. This is evidence. Yes. At seventy four years old, he's. He's frustrated that his shoulder injury is making him say no to friends and family. Right. You know, I, yeah. At 64, I hope to be right? half that age, you know, active. And man, um, you know, I mean, here he's, he's just loving and serving well. Right. And he's, he's seeing that benefit come back around full mm-hmm. circle from previous students and people in his life that are. You know, just kind of, and not that that's the goal. Right. I mean, I never picked that up at all. No. In, within him, but right. um, you know, people are coming back just saying, "Here's here's what re- having a relationship with you meant to me." Yeah. And I'm sitting here the whole time thinking, this is a picture of what legacy should look like in our lives. Yes. That when we build agree. things for ourselves, when we, you know, I mean, there's always going to be income and retirement and right. assets, you know, blah blah blah, the you normal know, stuff, right. you know, but. When we are building a legacy of relationship and impact in other people's lives, that will live on longer than anything material that we could ever accumulate. Mm-hmm. And it's how like those you said that stuff that you can't buy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. and the relationships that you built into directly, they build into more relationships and generation after generation after generation. Mm-hmm. You you just have this ever expanding ripple effect of your leadership, your care of one another. In your life, in their lives, and yeah, you can see I'm worked up. I yes. like this. This was yes. solid. This was well, good. And I mean, um, we we have had we've been blessed with a great amount of people who have come onto our podcast, and and Jerry, and we're blessed that he was able to join us today too. But there's um, a lot of people are in the midst of their journey, and I feel like even though Jerry is 74. His journey is still continuing. He oh, still yeah. wants to continue to bless the people, but he's done it for so much longer of leading and serving people than you and I have. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it was awesome to get that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And then the part about the aughts. Yes. That I'm going to have to spend some quiet time away right. processing and thinking on that one. That, so I you hope, and me uh, both. I hope you all take a few moments as well. Now, Chris, Jerry, you've known Jerry for a while in your life, right? I have. Because he had some impact in your life. So I have been blessed. Um, I've been married to my wife um, for going on 18 years, and um, it Jerry is her dad, is my wife's dad. So he is my father-in-law, and I am, I am crazy thankful for him and who he is and what he's meant in my life. And and the legacy he's left on my life and teaching me things, mm-hmm. um, my mother and father-in-law both, um, they're just awesome dynamite people and yeah. and just a great, um, like you said, he's just, he he has a heart for others and he just gives like crazy and it's just, it's awesome. That's cool. And I've been blessed by that, so. What's maybe the one thing that uh, you've learned from his life over the years? That you that you try and emulate. Um, I you know younger when I was younger me right like mind you we've been almost married for eighteen years. Um, almost married or married for almost eighteen years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I just want to make that clear, Kristen. Yes, I'm married. Um, it's yeah, I think it's eighteen years. Years this yeah. year. Anyways, um, the uh, you know when I was younger, I was 
just trying to figure out some things in my own personal life and trying to figure out how. And Jerry was always um, a stable person in my life and was always mm-hmm. want, willing to talk to me and help me out. And so I always wanted to be like him because he just was, he's so solid in who he is and, and what he's, um, his faith has represented to him and how he shares it and how he goes about just sharing in the things that we talked about today yeah. and being that for other people. Um, he did that for me too. Wow. So um, I've been blessed by that. And I, I look forward to sharing that with my kids, like he's talked about. Mm-hmm. And, and then I also know that he's also reflecting on my kids too. So right. it's come full turn in, Absolutely. in how much the blessing has come around. Absolutely. So, and Jerry, thank you if you're listening yeah. to this. Absolutely. Thank if you, you made for, it this far. <laughs> yeah. If you've been, thank you for coming today and thank you for sharing That's right. your life with me. Yeah. Well, if you're listening, um, or as you're listening, you know, I think the gold in this is is the relationships of building relationships, of mm-hmm. cultivating those friendships, those uh, you know, just learning opportunities, sharing opportunities, serving opportunities mm-hmm. with other people, and, um, and yeah, I, I will say that you know, um, so many of the people that we've had on this podcast, there's so many of them that are not looking to be in the limelight. I, right. I've had so many that people that have actually didn't told me that they didn't want to be on the podcast because I think that we thought that they were we were going to focus on them too much to the point that they would be uncomfortable. Right. And I, you yeah. know, I tried to talk them into it a little bit and and um and so it's great to take an opportunity like today and and recognize somebody who, you know, um, didn't want to be in limelight but also deserved it. Right. Right. To 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 just to uh, to show that impact to other people. Right. So. Right. Well, we'd love for you to like or subscribe. Uh, leave us a comment um, um, wherever wherever you're listening to the podcast. Um, shoot us an email. Yes. If you've got a question you'd like us to address or an issue in leadership that you'd like to hear about, um, or you know another Jerry Cox out there. Right. That We're always um, looking for great yeah, people to talk yeah. with. Shoot us, a, shoot us a line. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Um, have a great week. And Thanks, Jason. Keep leading a servant, man. Leading a servant. That's right.